You're listening to the Harvest Christian Fellowship Weekend Message Podcast. To learn more about our community, like what we believe and how you can take a next step, visit us online at hcfcornwall.ca or join us for one of our services this weekend, Sunday mornings at 9.15 or 11 here at 847 York Street. part of kids camp you'll have about 10 songs going through your head for the next year the songs are written so well just for children to remember i just love it christina mentioned um on july the 10th is our finale so we have the week up until thursday and then we invite all the kids sorry for a sound guys there i readjusted uh we invite all of the families back uh for sunday morning and uh the point is, plan on staying after for food, for fun. So it's kind of a picnic in the parking lot, and we're inviting everybody to come and stay. Not just if you have kids in kids camp, but if you're part of Harvest Christian Fellowship, we've designated just as a connection week, a time to kind of be able to sit down and spend time with one another. So make sure you put time aside to be able to take advantage of that. Good morning. I felt like if I don't start with good morning, then it's just off from the beginning, right? I watch a YouTuber, and he starts his YouTube video every time. This is going to be a really good video. And I, after about the first hundred, I thought it was kind of corny. But after that, I thought, if you don't say that, it's just not going to be the same. So good morning. <laughs> so good that you're all here. I was in the pool yesterday, um, had some junk stuck in the main drain. And I was diving down. My ears aren't used to uh, being that deep in the water, and uh, I've got one ear complete, woke up with one ear completely blocked, and it's phasing in and out. I feel like I have a really bad Bluetooth connection, (laughs) and it's really annoying. So if it comes across annoying, you know why. I'm going to do my best. Uh, I can hear you, hear myself in my head. Uh, I wish I could hear myself in my ears, but I can't. As we started a few moments ago, oh, we started uh, uh, through worship, but a a few moments ago, as I was just blessing some people with some things that I believe that God was sharing with them, if you're new to Harvest, you've maybe heard someone say, I heard God say to me, or or God showed me. And you might be wondering if we're hearing voices or uh, if we're hearing things in the night, and we're not talking about the audible voice of God, but something inside. When we become a Christ follower, the Bible says that uh, Jesus takes up residence literally in our life. I I asked Jesus to come in my life when I was eight years old, and uh, they told me about the verse that Jesus stands and knocks at uh, at your heart, and I thought he literally, there's a little door, and he literally went in there until I was old enough to realize, no, he's just so close all of the time. He's with us all the time. It's literally as if he were inside. And that he speaks, he speaks to us. And uh, you might be getting uh, ready to you know, make a decision in your life, and everything looks really good. And I know many people have experienced what I'm going to share um, you know, here in the room. And, and there's no reason not to make the decision. And then we, we have a word that we use, old school, I had a check in my spirit. I had a check inside. It was like, mm, I'm not sure if I should be doing this. And you stop and you pray about it, and you're not sure why, but uh, you decide not to make that decision and then realize that God was leading. God was ahead of you and, uh, in the road of life, and, and he was making sure that you didn't make that decision because he knew there was a better decision for you. And uh, we get that word, and I, as I say, it's, a, it's an old, kind of an old school word, a check in my spirit. We might say it this way, I just had a sense, hmm, no. 
but it comes from um, back in the days of using horses in agriculture uh, or using horses in, uh, to, for transportation. The, ho the horse would be checked in the, in the harness uh, to keep his head from going down and not looking where he's going. He would pick his head up so he could see where, and he, of course he would have his blinders so that he could only see straight ahead. And this piece of the harness would hold his neck back so he couldn't put his head down. So sometimes God will check us, keeping our heads up, keeping us alert so that we can see what's happening in our lives. Aren't you glad that God speaks to us today? All right. Got about six people that are happy about that. I'm going to be, unless I just can't hear the rest of you, I'm not sure. <laughs> sometimes we refer to God's voice as a prompting. It's, we were prompted to do something. You saw someone in the grocery store and you just felt like you should go over and say hi and see how they're doing and it opens up just an opportunity or you see someone that you felt just prompted to give money to and you weren't sure why but you find this great story after that they were in need and you met that need. A prompting. In Luke chapter 2, we read of a man named Simeon who God had promised that Simeon in his later years that Simeon would not die until he had seen the Messiah, the promised one that God was sent. And I love this because Simeon, um, it tells us his age, I think, uh, I just don't remember it right at this moment, but I know he's quite elderly. It'd be great to be getting up in your 80s going, no, it's not today, not dying today, haven't seen Messiah yet, so it's not today. Um, and just to know that the promises of God are the things that sustain you. As I gave, uh, just a spoke, spoke a word over Norman Linda, you know, there is no age in the kingdom of God. Until we draw our last breath, God has a promise for your tomorrow. God has hope for you. We don't give up and just put in time. Come on, somebody. And Simeon, Simeon is believing for this great promise. And it says this in Luke chapter 2. He was prompted by the Holy Spirit, and he went into the temple. And he realized that uh, amazing promise, and he held Jesus in his arms as a baby and blessed him. It was part of the prophetic, um, he, as a prophet, actually prophesying over Jesus. So amazing. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my saying. The message version says, tune your ear to God's voice. Tune your ear to God's voice. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you're speaking to every single person today. The Bible says your sheep know your voice. If it's new to some, I just pray, Lord, that this simple word today will unlock, Lord, just the blessings of God, the faithfulness of God in our lives, to see them in a new capacity as we learn the blessing in obedience. I pray today in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. We need to be in a state that we're constantly listening and that our ears are tuned to what God might be saying. Why? Psalm 32, 8 says, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway. Say best. Sometimes as we're walking on the pathway of life, we are wondering, are we on the best pathway? Because there may be things going on that would look like we're not on the best pathway. Well, just like when you travel uh, on a nice smooth highway, there are times there are detours. And the detour is a little rough and it might be inconvenient. You know, that detour is to make sure you go around uh, what could be dangerous or what could be uh, just not God's will for your life. And so God's leading you today, at least he wants to, on the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and I will watch over you. 
So he's watching your every path, and along the way, he's advising you. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, no, 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 uh-huh, yes, 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 right, right, left. In fact, there's a scripture in the Old Testament that says that there is a voice behind me saying, this is the way, walk in it. We'd like the voice sometimes to be out in front, but God is teaching us to trust him. And so often the Holy Spirit, it seems from behind, will go, yes, yes, and it's fulfilling this scripture. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. Might not be a pathway for somebody else, but it is a pathway for you. I will advise you and watch over you. God knows best for your life. Now this begins and continues in our life, sometimes in very simple and subtle ways. You stayed up all night watching that Netflix show that you are binging, but it's not a day off the next day and you have to go to work. And you wake up and you just have this sense, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have stayed up all night to watch the Netflix. Come on, anybody, my t- anybody else? Do you, I do that. Do anybody else do that? Six that are admitting it. You'll do really well in today's message. The blessing of obedience. I need to spend more time with my kids. That thought, that prompting. As much as I want that new boat, I know I really can't afford it right now and there are other things that are pressing. I need to forgive that person I need to stay at work and get that project finished that the boss said that was so important. Some of you would say, well, isn't that just my Jiminy Cricket, my conscience telling me what is good and what is, what is not good? No, we don't believe in Jiminy Cricket, the conscience, but what we do believe in is the Holy Spirit guiding and advising, guiding and advising. And it begins with sometimes what just seems like this very simple things in our life that if we would make the changes that that prompting and that voice is saying to us that we will learn the best pathway for our lives. When we were first starting out in ministry, Christine and I were at staff in a, on staff in a church in Oshawa. I oversaw all the kids' ministry, and she oversaw a daily uh, preschool program that the church sponsored. She's always been involved with children. I just love that she was born to be a mama in so many ways. I was in a season of my life and development where I really wanted to learn how to hear God's voice. I just figured if I'm supposed to be uh, helping as a shepherd, helping other people learn these things, I, I need to learn it myself. And so I pressed into a season where I would do that. Uh, I had been assigned to visit an elderly lady from our church who was no longer able to attend uh, our services, and she had been hospitalized, and so I went in to visit her. I went to her bedside and um, found, it was a large hospital in Oshawa, found my way up to the floor, past the nurse's station and into a room, and uh, we chatted for a little bit, and um, she had served God uh, all of her life. And I think she encouraged me more than I encouraged her. It was just one of those situations where you just realize, like, whoa, am I ever privileged to be here? And she was just kind of unpacking, even though she was in this situation. She was trusting God. She knew God's presence. It was awesome. And she said, thank you, Pastor. And, and I go, well, I, can I pray for you? And I prayed with her and finished up and walked out past the nurse's station. And as I got past the nurse's station, I had a prompting, a sense, uh, that inner voice that said, no, you're not done. You need to go back. As I was walking back, I felt like maybe there was something else that the Lord just wanted to share with her. And so I went back and I said, you know, Mrs. Jones, um, uh, you may think this is strange. I know we just finished up. It's not your memory. Um, I am back again, and it was only a moment ago. Um, But I just felt like, you know, that I was to come back and spend a few more moments with you in prayer. 
Of course, she was happy to have that happen, and, and so I, I, I closed my eyes and, and thought about what I should pray and began to pray and muster up my best prayer, and, and uh, it was great, but I just wondered kind of like, she's just smiling, thank you, Pastor, and, and out I went. And so I'm passing the nurse's station, and that prompting came again, you're not finished, you didn't get it right, you need to go back. I thought, oh my goodness. And so I go back, and uh, I'm at the bedside, because remember, remember, I want to learn how to hear the voice of God. And so sometimes it's just being obedient to those promptings and learning what it is God is saying. And so I went back and I prayed again, shorter this time. I felt a little bit embarrassed and, and a little self-conscious. And, and I walked out and, and I went past the nurse's station. You didn't get it. Go back one more time. As I went back one more time, there was a little voice that came from a curtain-drawn partition in the other part of the room. Is that you, Pastor? I sure would love it if you would come in and pray for me. And I went inside, and there's this little old lady, and she said to me, I wanted so badly for you to pray for me. I kept asking the Lord that you would come and pray for me, and I could hear you praying for her, and I wanted you to pray for me. And I smiled and went, I love hearing the voice of God. We learn obedience. We learn the blessing of obedience. It says in uh, Luke chapter eleven twenty eight, somebody declared uh, some Old Testament uh, um, verse as Jesus was in a crowd, and blessed is he who comes. And, and uh, he was trying to make points with Jesus. And Jesus kind of turned around and he said, no, blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. The blessing of of obedience. Obedience brings blessing. Did you know you're not born obedient? Did you, did you know that? If you didn't know that, that's the price of admission. That's, I mean, it's just, if you didn't get anything else today, that you and I were not born obedient. We're born, the Bible says, shapen, shapen in sin. We're born in iniquity. In other words, um, the sin nature of our parents and our grandparents and the great-grandparents. And even if our parents were Christ followers, they weren't perfect. They still had the lineage of Adam in them, though they had accepted the lineage of Christ. And so we are born separated from God. We're born in sin. And we're, we're born uh, um, disobedient. And we need to learn obedience. Say learn. Hopefully our Parents have taught us, and by the way, moms and dads and, and, and kids' church, you know, we believe that parents are called to teach their children obedience, because as you teach your children how to obey your voice, they will learn how to obey God's voice. If you're here this morning and you weren't taught to obey your parents' voice, know that God will teach you how to obey, and you can, you can yield and obey God's voice. It might be a little harder. I'm just saying, hey, moms and dads, this is our task, one of the tasks, so that our ch it'll go better with our children than it did with us. Somebody said, little side note there about parenting. Little girl that was in school, and it was time to everybody was to sit down at their desk. She didn't want to. She remained standing and kind of moving around her desk, and teacher said, Sally, you need to sit down. No, I don't want to. She kind of said it with attitude, and teacher said, Sally, it's really time to move on with the class time now, and you're being a little bit disruptive, and I need you to, to sit down. No, I won't. And so this kind of engaged, and finally, the teacher said, Sally, 
if you don't sit down when everybody else goes out for recess and they're standing at recess and having fun, you'll be sitting at your desk and not enjoying recess. Would you like to sit down now? She goes, that's fine. And she sat down. Sally, thank you so much for sitting down. It's okay. I'm still standing on the inside. <laughs> and some of us are still standing on the inside. We're learning obedience. Let me just give you a couple points. Number one, obey quickly. <laughs> obey quickly. Psalmist David said, I will hurry without delay to obey your commands. I will hurry without delay to obey your commands. This is why this is important. That as soon as the Lord speaks to us, that we engage or do something to make sure we engage. So, You've done this, I do this. I'm embarrassed that I do this, but it happens. One of you will text me, and I, I'm anxious to see what the text is about, and typically I just wanna make sure there isn't an emergency or something that I need to respond to uh, pastorally, and, and so I'll open the text, and I'll look at it, and then I'll say, oh, I can get back to that later. And um, I don't. Or I open that email, and then it's closed, and it's closed as being read, and so I don't see it. And so some time goes by, and if you're gracious with me, you'll text back and say, did you forget? Or you might go, what kind of pastor are you that you don't respond to my emails? And I forgive you if you did that. It's okay. I understand. How many have forgotten an unread email? Or, yeah. And so iPhone has just added in the new update that you can mark a message now as being unread so that you don't forget about it because they realize that this hu the human nature of forgetting what we've heard, read, and did nothing about. And so there are times when God will speak to you and you open that holy email or text and you actually maybe say, I, I need to do that. Or maybe you negotiate with God. Oh, that can't be God. God wouldn't, God wouldn't want me to give, uh, um, you know, that $30 to the guy at work uh, just as a gift. Or, or God wouldn't want me to go over and speak to my neighbor. Um, that's intimidating. And, and God knows I, I, I'm not good with that. And I don't really want to meet the new neighbors. Or, 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 or God doesn't want me to forgive that person. He wants me to hold bitterness in for a very much longer time. David said, I will hurry. Why? I see this and experience this, and over the years I've experienced it with people that will say, you know, I was in that service on Sunday. We were in worship, and I felt like God spoke to me, but I just kind of pushed it aside and did nothing about that. Or I was in your message, Pastor, and I just, I felt compelled that there was an area of my life, and, and I, I, I knew, I just knew that I was going to sign up for water baptism. I knew that was my next step, but then I kicked the can down the road, and closed that text and email from God and forgot about it or just didn't do anything about it. And we don't act on it. And we weren't obedient. David said, I will hurry. Say hurry. I will hurry to apologize to my wife as God has prompted me to do that, to respond, to sign up, to do whatever it is that he's speaking to. When we don't hurry, we will forget and miss an opportunity for the blessing of obedience. The Bible says, if you had been willing and obedient, 
willing and obedient. See, I think a lot of us are willing. God speaks to us, and there's a willingness. The I want to. We're actually not rationalizing. We're not fighting against God. We're like, yeah, I think I really want to do that. But you need to be willing and obedient. And we're going to do what we hear. I need to, uh, excuse me, uh, you will eat the good things of the land, the blessing of obedience. Number two, obey consistently. So have a lifestyle of obedience to the Lord. There's a story in the Old Testament uh, of the children of Israel being, as they leave the, um, leave the, the wandering of, of, um, of the desert and move into the promised land, and they're going to learn how to overcome. And so their very first city that they're going to do battle with is Jericho. Say Jericho. Jericho had walls that were so high um, historically in the ruins, archaeologically. Uh, they said that the walls were so th- high and they were so thick, so wide, people were literally, there were apartment buildings in the wall and that they could race chariots uh, um, on top. And so we're really a substantial walled-in city, impenetrable. And so God says, look, I'm going to teach you how to break through. And here's what I want you to do. He says to the children of Israel, he gets them all into order. And then he says, you're going to march around the city. And so they're marching around. You're going to do that on day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six. Day seven, you're going to go around once. Then you're going to call it a day. On day seven, you're going to go around seven times. And on the seventh time, you're going to shout. and The walls are going to fall down. And so... Kind of monotonous. I don't know about you, but I think, why didn't God just say, let's just get it all done in one, one shot? We'll just, hey, we'll go around. There's a lot of work to get everybody organized. This is a lot of work. Say a lot of work. He was teaching them something. Consistency that gets ingrained in our lives, that becomes habitual and patterned, um, just like as we're raising our children, and they go, do I have to make my bed again? Yes, because if you make it on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, something gets ingrained, and obedience brings blessing. And not obedience for the sake of obedience. Like God's like, I'm in charge and you better do what I say. But it's, I know the pathway and I will advise you and lead you. And the quicker we learn to obey, the more consistently we are to obey. And he was teaching the children of, of uh, Israel this. And so as, as, as they're walking around um, that, those walled cities and it looked impossible and maybe today you're facing the impossibility of an addiction or the possibility of something in your life that's just such a huge wall or seems so impenetrable. Let me say that what you think is disassociated and not involved at all actually is. And as you stay true to what you can obey God for, God will collapse the walls that you can't touch. God will allow you to go in and plunder and receive the blessings that you otherwise would not have access to simply because of consistency in your obedience to him. So don't give up. Stay with the program. Some of you are going, man, I've been going around these walls for a very long time. Nothing's changing. Hang on. Hang on. Don't give up. The enemy wants you to give up because he doesn't want you to receive that blessing. In 2 Kings chapter 5, we read the story of Nahum, another uh, repetition of seven. He was a commander in the Syrian army, he had leprosy, and he had heard that Elijah the prophet had power with God and that if he prayed for you, you could be healed. And so he was convinced to travel a very long distance to find Elijah the prophet and to receive prayer. He himself not being a Jewish person, but uh, being a Syrian, and uh, 
And so he, he comes in and, and has his entourage line up in front of Elijah's house, knock on the door, call on Elijah, and Elijah goes, oh, oh, it's him. Today's the day. Okay, tell him to go down to the Jordan River and wash himself seven times. Just go down, come up, and go down, and come up. Do, do that seven times, and he'll be healed. Uh, have a nice day. God bless you. And he shuts the door. Well, Nahum is really ticked off. And he goes, I came all this way to be told to wash in a river. And, and his, his head was thinking Syrian and that they had rivers at home that had municipal properties and mineral properties. And the Jordan is stinky and, and cloudy and, and, and sandy and full. He's going, if I was going to get a good river to wash in, it wouldn't be this one. And he was heading home. Say heading home. You see, you're going to be tempted when it comes to consistent obedience. Sometimes just, oh, God, again, you're reminding me about this? He's going, yes, <laughs> because I'm advising you and overseeing you on the pathway of life. And so um, he, he's, like, giving up. He's cashing it in. It isn't making any difference in my life. No, I'm going home. With his leprosy, by the way. With his leprosy. He's going home. And the lady that told him about Elijah says, if he had asked you to do something really hard, like hold your breath for four minutes or something, would you, like, and you would be, wouldn't you do it? Or at least try? Like, this is easy. This isn't hard. All you got to do is get in the river and wash seven times. This is not hard. Somebody say, not hard. Obedience, as God teaches us, is actually not hard unless you're standing on the inside. <laughs> yeah, I know we all do. Obey quickly, obey consistently. Well, he gets down into the river. He decides to say, well, look at, yeah, it isn't that hard. I'm, I'm going to do it. And so he gets down into the stinky water. He's complaining the whole time. And I love this story because he had zero faith he was going to get healed. Stupid Jordan River smells. It's not as good as our rivers. One. <sighs> Nothing's changing. Two. Say no faith. Hey, you know what? Faith moves the heart of God, but obedience, obedience causes power to be released. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. <laughs> I love it. So one, two, nothing's changing. You said, you said, God, if I didn't hang out with the boys as much after work and, and went home and focused on my family a little more, that things would go better with the kids, but man, I did that for a couple weeks, one, to, and nothing seems to be changing. I don't know. I don't know if this is working. I, I don't think so. Three, four. God, you said if I apologize to that coworker, things would go better at work, but they don't seem to be going at, better at work at all. I mean, it looks like it's staying the same. Five, six. Lord, you said if I got up each morning and read a little portion of the Bible and did my first 15 and prayed, there would be changes in my life. I don't think I'm seeing very many changes, God. Seven. And he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as a man of God had told him. And his flesh was restored. And he became clean like that of a young boy. The Bible says, yeah, listen, the Bible says... His skin became like, like a baby in some versions. His leprosy that was eaten away. Obedience to God. 
People will sometimes say, as they look at someone who's been walking with God, looking at their life going, man, you don't look like your age. You don't have the ailments of age. You, you, don't, you know the Bible promises that as we move into our latter years and we've been obedient to God, that God says, hey, I can restore your youth. I can take you back. I can give you a stronger body, a healthier body. I can Obedience brings the blessing of God. You may not see it, one, two, in the Bible, that seven times around the walls and seven times dipping, that number seven is the, is the number in the scripture for perfection. God is perfect. And as we obey to he who's perfect, he will lead us in the perfect path. Obedience brings blessing. Number three, last one, trust and obey. We're gonna obey quickly. We're gonna obey consistently. Even when it seems mundane, it's like, don't give up. Don't give up obeying God and God's principles. Number three, trust and obey. Proverbs 3, trust God from the bottom of your heart, which, the, by the way, is a process. If you're new to following Jesus here at Harvest, we don't expect you to trust God from the bottom of your heart the day you come in and make Jesus your Lord and Savior. As you walk with him, you'll learn his faithfulness. As you talk with other people, you'll hear the stories of his faithfulness. He'll never let you down. And as you experience that, you'll learn to trust and obey. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Why is God asking me to do this? Stop trying to figure it out. Trust and obey. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Listen for God's voice, how? In everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. There are times that God is going to speak to you to obey on the big things we've been talking about. Seemingly in life, some smaller things and consistent things and good things. But God will talk to you about big things, and sometimes they'll, at least they'll be big to you. And big things that you may not understand what God is doing. As I left the season of hearing God's voice, I, uh, we moved from Oshawa to Brockville. I became a youth pastor there. And um, I was an avid uh, bow hunter uh, and I had recently, when we moved, because the church had a lot of um, guys that were hunting and a lot of property to hunt on, it was a hunting pastor's paradise. <laughs> and uh, I'd gone out, even though we were a young family, I'd saved some money, and I was able to get a new compound a bow and some new arrows and some equipment and tree stands. And, and I, I, lo I just loved sitting out, in the, and I still do, in the quiet uh, of an early morning or late afternoon hunt in a tree stand to harvest uh, a deer. And that also requires that you have to shoot a lot to practice and to uh, hone your skills so that you can make a very humane uh, kill in the harvesting of, of that animal. And uh, just kind of some time went by and some promptings that I felt like God was saying, I want you to lay down hunting. I want you to stop hunting. There's nothing wrong with hunting. I wasn't abusing it. Um, there, there, I, it just wasn't making sense to me. Like, why, why, God, what? No, get thee behind me, Satan. That's not God. But it just kept nagging. And, and it was almost like I'm out practicing. It's like, phew, fling the arrow, get the bullseye and go, oh, man. I, I just, I couldn't enjoy it. And I wasn't sharing it with anybody. And I was just kind of dealing with this with the Lord. And I just, I just knew. 
I knew. And so there was a yes in my spirit, willing and obedient. I was going to take care of this. And I felt like the Lord then said to me, one step more, I want you to sell all the equipment because then it's gone. I'm like, what? How long? <laughs> How long will I be without my hunting equipment? Nothing from heaven. Silence. Well, I decided this was God, and I was going to obey. And I was actually excited uh, that I was being obedient. The sting of it being gone hadn't sunk in yet. And, and so I listed back in those days, it wasn't Marketplace or Craig's, or not Craig, uh, Kijiji, um, but it was the one ads in the newspaper. <laughs> And so I put an ad in the newspaper, uh, hunting equipment for sale, listed what the bow was, what the arrows were, the quiver, all the equipment, package deal, come and get it. And I said, Lord, I'm going to test you. I'm going to run the ad for a week. And if at Friday at 5 o'clock it's not sold, and by the way, I'm not budging on my price, God. That's a good price. That's, that's a sell price right there. I'm not budging on my price. If this is you, then they're going to come and buy it, and it'll be, it'll be great. And if not... I learned my lesson about whatever this is already, and I'll be really careful about whatever it is you want me to be careful about. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning, no phone calls, nobody contacting me. I'm getting ready uh, to leave the office early on a, a Friday afternoon. I get home, and the phone rings. It's like 4 o'clock. Hey, do you still have that hunting equipment? Friday at 4 o'clock. I'm like, Okay, Holy Spirit, this is not even funny right now, but I'm not moving on the price. So you, you, you think this is funny? Not funny. The guy says, where do you live? And he was coming. He says, I can be there just before 5 o'clock. I'm thinking, you better be, because if it's a minute after 5, you ain't getting my stuff. Uh-uh, not happening. Got to the door about quarter to 5. I opened the door. He didn't even step in. My stuff was all in the kind of the foyer area. He just looked at it. I thought he's going to try to now negotiate. He puts the money in my hand, picks all the stuff up, doesn't say a word, turns around, gets in his car, and drives off. And I'm waving, going, bye, archery equipment. Bye. Bye-bye. A year later, almost to the day, it was very close, a year later, uh, my dad also really enjoyed um, archery, but he was a recurve guy. And told me he wanted to get into compound archery. He said, hey, I don't know what the newest stuff is, and I, I, I don't know what, what's going on. Would you go out and spec me? If you were to buy a bow, just, just go out and spec it. I want, and I want, don't, like, all the bells and whistles. I want to be shooting this thing a very long time, and, and uh, would you go out and do that? I said, yeah. So I do that, and, and, uh, and so we lived miles apart, and so I brought everything to him on a visit, and uh, he goes, wow, this, this stuff's amazing. He goes, why don't you just keep it at your house, like forever? And I, I didn't ask. I, you know, it was the Lord giving, giving that back. Only better. I still have that compound bow to this day, um, and from the 1990s. And I wouldn't buy another one just because it means a lot to me for a lot of reasons. Little did I know that a year after that. This major change would come into our lives and that God would open the door of heading to the United States, leaving our country, our family, our denomination. And I would go over and we would say yes to God and go over to Messina, New York to be a part of the church there, but I wouldn't be on staff as a pastor. In fact, I didn't preach for a very long time, which I love, loved, love, and I all love to do. 
and I laid down, and God began to say, I want you to lay down all of your understanding of ministry, because I want to train you and teach you some things that you haven't had the opportunity to learn yet. And we would go, and as we submitted to the house there in Messina, and uh, I was an ordained pastor, and I, I submitted that ordination and said, no longer ordained. I'm going to submit and lay down my life, not fully understanding what's going to happen, but fully knowing that this is God speaking, fully knowing, as scary as this is, that he is leading me and advising me. I learned the principles in the 12 years there that we planted this church with. And I believe that God used that act of obedience and that we're here today. Now, I don't say that to somehow take personal credit for that, but instead to say to you, what is God asking you to obey to? Trust and obey. That would use your life in a way, not that you would just personally benefit, but that many, many, many around your life, that you could now become an instrument as you've turned, tuned your ear, as you grow in him and mature in him, that he begins to use you now in a profound way. What do you have faith for? Four or five people? Fifty? Hundreds? How about thousands of people that would be influenced because you said yes to God? And that doesn't mean yes to full-time ministry or yes to the mission field but just your yes to God. I wouldn't never, if I hadn't submitted that bow, it seems so weird, I wouldn't have learned the principle to be ready to move into something else that would open up new vistas for my life. Every head bowed and every eye closed. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. As you're here with your head bowed today, I just wanna ask the question, in this season of time, maybe today, Maybe God's showing you your spiritual email right now and some notices that he has sent to you. I just want you to kind of retrieve that right now and be willing and obedient. Is there a hard thing that God wants you to do? Is there an easy thing God wants you to do? Is there anything that God wants you to do? Because he's advising you this morning, just in the quietness of this moment, just going to pause. I'd like you to think about what does God want me to say yes to? Holy Spirit, I love that you're not a controlling spirit by the Holy Spirit. You will never violate our will. You will never make us do something very different from the devil and demonic spirits who will grab hold of a man's will or a woman's will and literally possess that will, bring such destruction to a life. But Holy Spirit, it's in the choosing that there's power. And as we choose you, we choose life. As we choose obedience, we choose blessing. As we walk in that, we choose power for breakthrough. Walls coming down today. Things being washed off our life. You thought God was focusing on some big thing in your life. 
like Nahum, but today God is saying, no, just be consistent and let me wash that other area. You're so focused on that other area of your life. I'm taking care of the other area by just having you focus right here. Just be consistent and just dip. Or maybe there's something God's been tugging on your heart with. Today you're just releasing it and going, yes, I'm going to go make an appointment this week to go see somebody, clean it up, make it right. Whatever it might be, you're saying yes to the Lord. I'd like to ask just another question before the team begins to play. We're going to worship and, and be dismissed. But if you're here today and you've never said yes to the salvation that God offers, that Jesus hung on a cross and he said, I love you this much, and he spread his arms out and they were nailed to a cross. He took our place for our sin. He was sinless, but he provided a way. The Bible says Jesus is the only way to eternal life, to salvation, the forgiveness of sins. And living this life where he's advising and guiding and leading us. If you've never said yes to the gift of salvation and eternal life, I would love to pray with you today. In fact, I'll lead you in a prayer. As you ask Jesus for that, he's going to give it to you right now today. If that's you, just slip your hand up so I can see it. Say, Pastor, pray for me today. I want to receive Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, that dear lady right there. Thank you. Gentlemen on the front row, anyone else today? My favorite part of the service. <laughs> yeah. I just want to pause a moment. Sometimes there's somebody going, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Know it today. Raise your hand and do business with God. Is there anyone else? I want to pray uh, for those. So as you raised your hand today or online, uh, if you just sense God speaking to you, saying today's my day to get make it right with God, say this simple prayer with us. Harvest, let's pray it. Those that raise their hand, pray with us. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me just the way I am. I receive you into my life. Forgive my sin. Begin to advise me on this journey in eternal life. I receive it today. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we believe you're born again. Come on, stand to your feet. We celebrate with you. Let's worship God as we get ready to be dismissed.
Jesus in the darkness for every enemy. Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name. Jesus. Come on, lift your voice one last time. Let's sing it out.